Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. PK here. Uh, um, this, this, this guy's a gift. He's a treasure of the house. He's a treasure for the ministry. He's been, man, it's been amazing getting to know PK. He's one of the coaches for Alive and just watching him grow into uh, the man he's becoming. The, the He's a man now, but the person that he's becoming and the things that he's doing in God has been nothing but amazing to see. And he has something to release tonight. He has a journey he wants to share. He's going to be talking from his heart and it's going to be amazing. So can you receive what it is he has for you today? I don't think you want to. Can, 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 are you guys ready to receive what he has for you today? Okay, that's better, that's better. So right now, I want to pray for you. Thank you, Father, for my bro. Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing, how you're stirring and brewing. Father, I pray that every, every word he speaks is laced with power, Lord. That the people who receive, they receive a seed that bears fruit that remains from tonight, Lord God. And everything that you want to do, Lord God, do it through him again and again and again. So have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Let's All go. Right, PC, thank you very much. Oh, snap. Hey, before I get really kicked off and started and everything, I want to... Shout out to the worship team. Wasn't that awesome? Give them some love. Like, man, seriously, I mean, I've only been in worship and doing that for a couple years, but just knowing, I mean, this family, like Hope, like uh, Sam, Wes, um, Linnea, Dale, and Austin, like they are so in the quiet place. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit. Man, this thing sucks. This, but um, I'm gonna, they're going to talk, I'm going to talk about the secret place and they exercise that they do that and you can feel that as like you're worshiping the presence of the father just leaks out of them right because they carry that as worship leaders we're responsible with leading you guys into the presence of worship leaders we can connect that and like they have the responsibility of doing that and you can just totally tell that they do that every day that they're willing to be in the presence of the father and so i just want to give some love and shout out and honor them because they are so awesome and i wouldn't want to choose any other family over them um, so yeah, just to talk about myself, I think I pricked you the reverse. I'm not left-handed, bro. But am I doing it right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Just some asterisks. I'm really weird. I'm really weird. Yep, there's snaps because that's very true. And I'm gonna have weird pauses because I'm gathering and letting Holy Spirit speak to me. Um, I'm going to use that Christianese term right there, and uh, yeah, I'm going to have weird things I say. I did like a practice run through yesterday with my roommates, P31, shout out, follow on Instagram, Proverbs 31 men, and um, I almost said a couple things that I'm like, I will never want to say that in front of anyone, you know, <laughs> especially if like, I don't even know, I don't want to say those things, so God, help me take over. Um, yeah, and just to talk about myself, yeah, um, I'm Paul, I'm Paul King, PK, you probably hear PK more often, and I'm not, no, I'm not a pastor's kid, um, even though you probably think that maybe, um, but PK just kind of sticks, like, 
there's some people here who know me at PK. They're like, what's his name again? You know, I'm just like, I'm like, um, Paul. And then, like, they just know me as PK. I guess people just talk about me. Like, yeah, yeah, PK, PK, PK. And then they call me PK. And it's the first time meeting them. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what's up. I mean, not just plain old Paul. But, um, yeah, I'm on a live coach. Um, I attended the University of Illinois in fall 2015, and that sounds like a long time ago for some of you freshmen. Uh, I don't know if my small group girls are here at all. Um, dang it, you weirdos. <laughs> um, but they think that's so old. I'm like, bro, I'm like four to five years older than you. I remember my first day going to Snyder and moving in and everything. Like, chill out. I'm not that old. I'm not old. I feel great, actually. I'm 23 years old. Jordan year. Yeah, woo. Like fine wine. I am aging like fine wine. I look good. I look good. I'm going to rock it right there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I'm feeling great. Yeah, so I'm 23 years old. Went to the U of I. Graduated last May with a bachelor's in kinesiology. And, um, yeah, I really went into kinesiology because I'm passionate about basketball. That was my first love when I was four years old. Um, and, yeah, I just wanted to stick around that. And right now I'm navigating through life and how to be around that and make that as my career, whether that be through therapy I'm training or coaching. Um, yeah, and just a couple other things. Um, I think my family might be up here. Yep, those are those my beautiful people. Yep. Um, that was last May 11th. Uh, that's my older brother right there. Um, I tell everybody if I had my wedding right now, he'd be standing right beside me as my best man. Uh, that's my mom. Um, she's tiny, but she's scary, and I... And I love her. She's awesome. I always tell her, like, when she gets mad at me, I'm like, hey, mom, like, I'm bigger than you. I could take you down. So you chill out. <laughs> and that's my dad. And, yeah, I look like him. I have his huge head. Like, this thing won't fit because my head is so huge. Um, his is because he's really smart. He um, studied. He did grad school in the States here uh, after his undergrad in Korea. And my parents immigrated here to the States. And, um, yeah, uh, I was born in California, San Rosa, California. Any Californians in here? Cool, that's what's up. Let's go Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Um, oh, snap. Bye, family. I uh, love you, too. Um, then moved to Philly for two years, moved to Cincinnati for five years. And of all places, my dad decided to end up in Bourbonnet, Illinois, when I was eight years old. Yeah, exactly. Like, where, what the heck is Bourbonnet? The Bears have their training camp there every summer, if that's a fun fact. But they're really bad, so who cares? Um, I just talk out of my butt all the time. Can I say butt? I said it. Don't matter. Sorry, Lord. Um, but yeah, that's kind of me. A little bit about me. A little. Um, if you want to know more about me, you can ask my roommates. Just look at my YouTube homepage. You'll see all the recommendations. It's just basketball, eating, worship music, some anime. Because yes, I'm Asian and I have a nerdy side to me, and I love anime. Like, and I and more eating. There's a lot of mukbang. Do you know mukbang? It's like when people, you watch people eat food and the ASMRs when they hear it. So like if I did it, you can hear them chewing. For some reason I eat it or I like eat my bowl of cereal late at night at 12 a.m. And I'm like, man, I want to eat that so bad. This is my fried chicken, this bowl of honey nut, you know, honey nut Cheerios. It looks so sorry, but that helps me lose weight a little bit eating at 12 a.m., right? So yeah. All right. Before I keep Man, this is eating into my time. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna just. But I mean, I'm doing this because I want you guys to know who I am. I don't know every single one of you guys, and how are you guys gonna trust me with this random dude just standing up here that you don't see? You just see him seeing every once in a while. He might hit a finally a good note sometimes. <laughs> but how are you gonna trust me without knowing me? Because you don't know what I have to say. You're like, oh man, like who's this guy? Can I trust him? Do I know what he's saying is real and raw? 
you know, but I'm letting you know, hey, this is me. This is me. Like, I'm just going to lay it out. This is me, all right? You're gonna, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how God made me. And so, yeah, I want you guys to know who I am so you guys can get comfortable. We can get comfortable. We can laugh a little bit, not be so awkward because I'm, like, stressed and nervous right now. So, um, yeah, but, you know, before we head into this, I'm going to pray it out. Pray it in. Pray it in. There we go. Um, so, yeah, so, Father, we just thank you so much for this time. In this holy moment, God, that you are here. And God, you are here and your spirit lives well within me, Father. Not just me, but in your children, in your people. And God, in this moment, it's not just me talking at them, but it's me talking with them, talking with you, having fun with you, letting you do your thing, God, because God, it is not me that they are receiving. It is not me that they are trying to get something from, but Father, it is you. They are looking for something so real, Father. And Father, you are more real than the clothes on my back. You are more real than the songs that we sing. You are more real than the bones in my body. So Lord, would you have your way? May every word that I speak be all unto you, Father. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm talking about identity today, kind of, and um, really... I've, as I've lived my life, um, I feel like I've found my identity in a secret place. You know, I grew up in church all my life. Um, no, and like, I, ha I loved Christian rap growing up, and I still do. There's like this one song that still hits all the time, and it's called like, My Story. I forgot what it was. And there's a line that says, that, you know, I ain't got no horror story. God kept me on the road. I give him all the glory. I thought my story wasn't dope, but now I know the blood of the lamb to save my soul, and that's my testimony. And, you know, that's my testimony. Like, I didn't do drugs, didn't drink, um, didn't drink all the time and, like, get wasted and forget what happened that night, you know. Um, didn't, like, sleep around with people. Um, I didn't, you know, really have, like, those crazy stories where, like, oh, my gosh, I need Jesus. But I, that, I think this speaks to what the Lord was doing in my life since the beginning. Like, I've been going to church and... Around when I was 12 years old, that's really when it became real for me. That's when I was like, you know what? Um, like I saw this uh, skit video. Uh, it's called a Lifehouse Everything Skit. Go look it up. It's going to wreck you. I remember I was in the sixth grade on a Sunday morning in my youth group, and I was watching that. And for some reason, that was the first time I cried in church. I was like, why am I crying in church out of the blue watching a video? And I think it was because the Lord was speaking to me, hey, like, this world is not enough. This world will never be enough. And only like, knowing me and a relationship with me and finding out who you are in me, you will be satisfied to the fullest, and you will overflow, actually. And as a 12-year-old, I somehow knew that, you know, uh, with the hardships of trying to make the 6th grade basketball team, which I did, you know. I had, like, 14 points a game. Light flex, light flex. But, <laughs> um, but you know, so, like, as I knew that very early on, and so I, th I think one thing, one story in the Bible that really uh, comes out to me is King David in his beginning, in his um, building up his identity in the Lord. And so, yeah, if you guys want to just turn with me to 1 Samuel 17. Should have marked it. There we go. All right. Yeah, so 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to read 32 through 40. So that is kind of lengthy from what you guys are usually used to because we're all charismatic church, and we don't like reading the Bible that much. We do. We love reading the Bible that much. But <laughs> we do. It's just that sometimes, you know, we don't read the long passages. But I think 
There's a lot of good things in here. So we're going to read the eight verses. So bear with me. It's going to take a little while. Um, oh, this is Second Samuel. Great job, Paul. First Samuel. All right, here we go. All right, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like the one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Amen. Yeah. And so, yeah, just kind of going back to my story and like how I built up um, that, that quiet place and the intimacy and finding my identity in the Father. Um, like, I was just so on fire. As a, as a younger 12-year-old, you know, and, and like, I was just like, oh, wow, the things of God, like, the, the, every verse just popped out to me. Like, it just smacked me in the, face, in the face with a revelation every single time. Or, like, every, like, Sunday morning was just, like, the last night of fall retreat. Like, I'm just getting it. Or, like, every time I talked about Jesus, I, I would just start crying. Like, I would just, like, talk to Jesus and my, to my mom in the kitchen, and I would just start crying. And... I was like that weird kid. I would like text my friends, hey, are you home? I was like 14, 15. I would walk all the way across town for 45 minutes just to pray for them on their front porch. I was like, why do I do And I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? That was so weird. Um, I'm like, you're cringy, stop. Um, but yeah, just looking back at that, and I was just so on fire. And like, I wanted to like do even like mini services in my bedroom. Like as weird as that sounds, like I don't know what you guys do for quiet times. You guys probably have a lot more cool ones than I do. Mine are weird, but... I wanted to do, like, a mini service. Like, you know, we come here, we sing songs, we listen to the word, we pray. And for me, I was like, you know what, God, I want to do that, like, every day with you. That's my quiet time, you know. And from that heart of just, like, I just want more of you. I want to give you more. And so I did that. I, and I, but I was like, man, but I don't know how to play an instrument. And I was, like, 15, 14, as a freshman in high school. So I picked up the guitar. My brother bought this, like, um, 50-year-old guitar on eBay that worked. And my friends were like, this is a G chord learn it. This is a D chord. Learn it. And it was just like, they taught me those little things. And yeah, I picked it up and I was trying to play. And for two to three months, it was like one of the hardest things ever. I only knew how to downstrum. Didn't sound really good. I think I was really flat or sharp with playing, with singing with the guitar. And like, but I don't know, I think there's like a screenshot I have. Yeah, there we go. So if you see the date of that, that's when I was a freshman in high school. You know, how, how old were some of you guys? You guys were probably like, what, 10? That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. You weren't alive, maybe. No, I'm kidding. You probably were alive. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I remember, like, dude, like, two months in, I posted this as, like, a dramatic 15-year-old, you know? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I suck at playing the guitar. And, but that was, like, real. I was like, dude, God, like, I'm never going to be able to get this. 
And fast forward eight to nine years, blow up. Now we doing this thing. <laughs> and so God is real, right? That's mir- miracles do happen every day. <laughs> no, um, but yeah. And for me, just talking to you guys about the quiet place, um, like the secret place, um, brain fart, um, the secret place, like that's where I was building up. I didn't become a, a live worship leader until, or a worship leader at all. I didn't like think when I was picking the guitar, I want to be a worship leader. I want to sing in front of people because that was like the scariest thing ever. I was like, I sound awesome in the acoustics of the shower. Let's stick with that. <laughs> you know, in the fan when I'm like doing my thing in the bathroom, that sounds great. Um, but and like when I'm 21, the junior, Ryan, our college pastor at the time, on our first meeting, we didn't even really know each other. He's like, do you lead worship? I'm like, in my bedroom? Does that count? And, like, he took that, and he launched me onto the stage, and it was like, holy crap, like, I'm leading worship now. And, it, and I'm telling you guys, it wouldn't have hap- that wouldn't have happened um, without those, like, six years of just building up with the Lord, of just in my quiet place, just, like, seeing those flat notes and those weird downstrums and the couple chords that I knew in my quiet place. And so... Yeah, I think just one thing I want to say really quick to you guys. I just wrote it down. I'm just going to say it. It says, to build up your story, history with Jesus has to be laid down as the foundation. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. To build up your story, history with Jesus has to be laid down as the foundation. And, yeah, I'm going to go into um, just some examples of my story of my life where I needed that foundation. Or else my building, what I built up with the Father, was going to crumble really bad. Like what, I'm, like, what you guys see up here, like, I've only been leading worship for two years. Six years, it was in my bedroom. Six years. Like, think about that. Like, what, you, what you're going to build underneath has to be bigger than what you're going to have up here. Like, those buildings, those, that iceberg that took down Titanic. Can I talk about that one, or is that too early, too? But, I mean, but the iceberg was huge. Like, underneath the ocean or the water where you see it, it was huge. But then the thing on top was like, oh, that's not that big. You know, let's, we can maybe nick it. And I was like, no, like, that thing is huge. And so, like, what you are building with in the quiet place, like David in the quiet place. Um, where is it? Like, he says, like, dude, like, Saul, like, I took down lions and bears with my bare hands. And he was supposed to be like a 12-year-old boy. I'm like, bro, this 12-year-old boy just killed that lion. That's insane. And like to us, that's like, oh, that's, you know, story in the Bible. That's chill. I'm like, dude, that's insane. Like what you are doing, what I was doing in my quiet place with the Lord just with my guitar, that $50 guitar. Now I have a nicer guitar. You know, thank God, glow up. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like I'm building up those memories. I'm, doing, I'm making history with the Lord. We are doing things together because why? Because you need to do things with people so you can trust them. So you can find out, oh, you're good. You're really good, God. You're coming through. And because I know those things, I can, I can press forth because I know you never fail. We sing about those things all the time. You know, because, like, you're not going to just be friends with someone right off the bat. We're best friends. I kind of do that. I have, like, this weird tendency. I'm like, hey, here's my heart. Take it. Don't hurt it. I'm, like, weird with people. I get vulnerable really fast. But, you know, for most people, it's like, oh, no, we're going to, like, hang out a couple times, you know, especially if you're dating, you know. Oh, that people, like, woke up there when I said dating. Like, y'all need to chill out. 
y'all thirsty, just read John 15. You know, he's an endless well. You know what I'm saying? So just read that really quick. Or I'll get you a Gatorade, quench the thirst. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like when, like when you're dating, like you're like hanging out a couple of times. You don't just ask him out to be your boyfriend or girlfriend right away, right? You're like, you're going to hang out with him. You're going to, so you can build up that trust. And that's what the Lord and I were doing. We we're building up that quiet time. We we're building up that place where, hey, I can trust you. And he can trust me. That's why now I'm leading worship in front of you guys. Because he knows I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to own that. That sounds like really conceited and like maybe full of myself. But no, I'm saying that because I own it. And that's who I am in the Lord. That I am obedient. You know, that's who you are. You know, I am a son. I am a daughter. Own that. Walk that out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm a sinner and I'm, I'm saved by grace. You know, um, yeah, cool. I'm a Christian. No, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm royalty. I'm seated in the heavenly places. So I'm owning that. That in the quiet place, because I was faithful in that, not even intentionally wanting this, God gave that to me. Like, I didn't want this. This is the last thing I wanted. So, and, but Father was like, no, like, I can trust this guy. And he trusts me wholeheartedly. So... Yeah, I want to just talk about just a couple of things that you need to build up that quiet place. You need to lay down that foundation with the Lord so you can just withstand life's hardships. And one thing, um, okay, one thing that uh, I have, I've been battling a lot in my life and still am sometimes, checking my heart, is striving. And I'm going to give you a definition really quick. It should be up there. Um, a definition that I made. You know, a lot of speakers at church are always like, yeah, we're going to go on dictionary.com and give you a definition. And I'm like, bro, just, just say it, man. You're a weirdo. And, like, you're not supposed to use the word in the definition, but I did. They taught me that when I was, like, five years old. I was like, dude, like, they taught you. They said you were supposed to learn cursive, and you was going to use it in high school. I was like, bro, we ain't going to use cursive in high school. I'm in college now. We still don't use it. And so, like, people don't know how to do a signature when they go to the restaurant, and they're, like, 30 years old. So they, they play too much, you know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> Sorry, I just went off. I have a lot of tangents. <laughs> it's not even though it's like a lot of wisdom from the Lord. It's just random stuff. But so striving. All right. So I'm going to give you a definition. This is the PKV, the Paul King version. It's really good. It's not being sold because it's too good. All right. So striving for the fifth time. Um, unhealthy striving takes place when you believe that the one who created you is not pleased with you. I'm going to say that again. This is unhealthy striving takes place when you believe that the one who created you is not pleased with you. Now, I say unhealthy striving because there is healthy striving. You know, as followers of the Lord, there's so many verses. I played basketball and tennis and a lot of other sports growing up. And healthy striving is very good. But what's healthy striving? Healthy striving is you're functioning from a place of affirmation. You're functioning from a place that I'm overflowing from the Father and that I don't need anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, right? It says it like all over the Bible. But unhealthy striving is when you're just looking, when, you are, when you're actually hurt and you don't want to face that and you're trying to fill some void with that instead of the Father, the, the rock that you stand on, the foundation that you have to lay down. And so, yeah, um, just my own um, worship leading story. Um, I remember when I was... I'm going to take a drink really quick. Sorry. That's kind of gross. You can hear that. 
It's like ASMR all over again. Like, maybe I should just make my show. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, my, one of my first times leading uh, was, um, I think it was the third time, actually. And I was, like, right here. And I was leading Good, Good Father. And uh, I remember even the first two sets before that, the songs I led, they weren't really good at all in my mind. And uh, I'm sure everyone who was there at the time thought they were perfectly fine, actually. Um, but I was over here, and I was leading Good Good Father, and Micah Dawkins was over there. I don't know if you guys remember Micah. He's actually a worship director at Bethel in Cleveland. That's awesome. Um, but he was over here, and, like, from the beginning to the end of the song, it just felt really off. It felt really bad. Like, I was like, oh, snap. Like, I think I started on the wrong chord. And like, I'm like, I think I'm off with the click. And I'm looking at Micah, and for some reason, he's like wearing this RBF the whole time. And, I was, and he was just like, and I'm just I'm like, dude, I think I'm really bad right now, because he's very musically talented. And I was like, dude, like, I think I'm doing this really bad. And like, the song gets over, and literally the whole entire time, I just couldn't worship. Like I did in my quiet place for those six years from when I was a 14-year-old. I couldn't just worship, I couldn't just let go. Because the whole entire time, I was like, I gotta sound good. You're not on the click, Paul. Ooh, Paul, that was a really bad note. You hit that really off. And so, like, I remember even during the message when Rye was speaking, the college pastor at the time, like, I remember the whole entire time I was like, dang, that was really bad. I couldn't even listen to the message. I don't know what he talked about. I don't know what happened during ministry time. I don't know what other song we sang because I was so just not locked on on the Father in that time. And, like, I remember even, like, the 24 hours after, like, we had it live on a Wednesday night, and I remember the following Thursday, I did my whole day. I went to classes. I worked out. And I remember on the bus ride home, like, I remember on the bus ride home, I was like, dude, like, I, that was really bad. And, like, it was eating me alive. I was like, Lord, I know that, like, it was worship, and I shouldn't be so worried about that. I know better than this because I grew up in church, and I know the right answers. But God, like, I cannot get over the fact that that was really bad. I don't know if you guys ever have that. Like, you guys ever feel like, oh, I'm good. I'm a Christian. God is good. I'm fine. Oh, nothing's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. No, we good. I'm John Cena. You can't touch me. Can't touch this. You know what I'm saying? And just, like, instead of you being real. And on that bus, I was, like, I was texting my friend. I sent this, like, essay-long message. You guys probably were glad you guys weren't the ones receiving it. But I sent this, like, essay of a long message, and I'm like, dude, like, I know I shouldn't be so stressed about it because God is good, and he's in it, and I give it to the Lord. I prayed about it before, and we always prayed about the set, and we give it to the Lord. And I was like, but that was just so bad. And I was like, text him. I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell Ryan he thought wrong. He heard the Lord wrong, that I shouldn't be leading worship, that you got the wrong guy. I literally thought those things. Like, I don't know if you guys ever feel like that, you know? Maybe, like, you guys got hired for a job, or maybe you're, you got into the school, or you're around these other students who are, they have this 4.0 GPA and these things, and you're like, who am I? What do I got? You're like, God, this is wrong. This is not the right move. I shouldn't be a small group leader. I shouldn't be a leader. I shouldn't be a Christian. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I just did that. You know, all these lies come in, and the lie that was coming into me right then and there on that bus was, you are not good enough. You are the wrong person. You are not fit for this. And I remember I was, like, tearing up and crying, and I was texting my friend all these things. I was venting like crazy. And then I remember, like, I, after all that, 
the last sentence was like, I typed out like, but I love to worship Jesus. That's why I texted it. I was like, but I love to worship Jesus. And I remember I paused in that moment. I had my headphones on in the bus, and the song Defender was going. And this, the part of the song that I was on, it comes, and all I did was praise. And all I did was worship. And all I did was stay still. And I remember in that moment, I heard the Holy Spirit so evidently, like, that's why you're a worship leader, Paul. You know, not because of any big old qualifications, not because of any, you know, the natural number system, and you use it really well, it's music theory, or you took some awesome voice lessons, but it's because you just love to worship me. And, like, I trust you. I trust you, Paul. You got this. You are my son. You are fiercely, tenderly, insanely loved. And I remember I just got totally wrecked, like, the rest of the weekend. Like, the whole weekend was like, God loves you. God, God loves me. God loves me. I was, like, crying like a baby all the time. Um, I don't know if you guys ever have that with Jesus, but I do that a lot. Um, those are really awesome. Though. Those are fun. And so the truth that, you know, you're not good enough, you're not made for this, the truth for those, it's in Genesis 1. And I'm, you don't have to flip there. I think I'm going to have it up there. Um, I use an emergency packet to use a bookmark. If anyone's sick, you guys can have it. Um, I know, right? So random. But I'm going to read. Which word is this? 26, 24. Okay, yep. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the, all the earth, and over all the creatures. And that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In his image. And on the, if you keep reading, the craziest thing, you know, you read all the, six, all the five days when he created the sun, the moon, the oceans, the animals, and, and the skies. And it, it just says it's good. He just said it was good. The craziest thing is, after he made man and he looked at all of it, he said then it was very good. The Lord says, you are very good. Turn to your neighbor right now and says, you are very good. You are very good. That sounded really sorry. Say a little more conviction. Yeah. Believe it. Live it. You know, like Zach, you are very good. Blaine, you are very good. You know what I'm saying? Like, own that. That is who you are. Like, we sing it. You are good, good. Oh, you know, like, you are good, good father. We sing it all the time. Isn't that crazy? The things that he first said it over you. You know, it wasn't like, you're a good, good father. We didn't first say that. We didn't come up with it. We weren't, we're not smart enough to do that. We're not creative enough to do that. He gave that to us. He sang that over you. He sang that over you. He created you in his image. In his image. That's truth. And in another verse, I'm going to just say to you, it's not on there. It says, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. This is in the NLT. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Before you did a single thing, before I picked up a single guitar, before I just sang a single note, he said, I was very good. He said, you are my masterpiece. That guy right there, Paul, he's on his heavenly throne with all these crazy things going on with these animals, these creatures with like eyes all over their 
bodies and like these elders casting their crowns and they're worshiping him. And yet what ravishes him is you. What makes him stand from his throne and look down from the heavenly places onto earth is you. Isn't that crazy? That the king of kings, the one who created everything, stands up because of you. He says, wow. He says, wow. He's so beautiful. And that's weird because I'm a dude and maybe beauty is weird with a dude, but... I always saw Jesus as my groom, and I was his bridegroom. We were just always slow dancing while I'm worshiping. Oh, man, brain fart. Yeah, and how much time do I have? <laughs> um, and I, another thing I want to talk about that falls off when, when you are rooted on the Father is comparison. I don't think I have a definition on there. I don't know. No. And it says, compare, or I say, comparison takes place when you feel like you are lacking something someone else possesses. You know, in a, in a time where we're always on Instagram, Snapchat, and everyone's posting their, the highlight of their highlights, and you start comparing, oh, snap, they got a nice fucking job. Or, dang, that PT school at UIC, and you needed a 3.8, or the average accepted applicant is a 3.8 for a PT school, you know? I didn't have a 3.8, nowhere near a 3.8. And you start comparing, and you start saying, oh, snap, God, like, I'm so behind. God, I'm not a masterpiece because I don't have this. I'm not fearfully and wonderfully made because it's not this. You know, I quote a lot of scripture because that's truth, and it's, like, been thousands of years that a bunch of scholars and theologians from all over the world like, it's like, it was written like 10 times on something, and it was like, oh, snap, God did that because that person lived a few hundred years ago, and they wrote the same exact thing. It was like something, something crazy like that. And the Bible is truth, and you are speaking truth. You know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a masterpiece. I'm created his image, and he called me very good. I do not lack anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Like, that's all truth. That's truth, and you just got to speak it over your life, and it's only going to be found in that quiet place. It's only going to be found in that quiet place, guys. And so, like, when you're just looking around and comparing, whether you're on Instagram, whether you're here, like, oh, wow, that church leader, um, that, that small group leader is so wise, is so cool, and I don't have that, that's a lie. Because we are all perfectly in process. I guarantee you now, I guarantee you PC has some of his, like, weird crybaby moments like I do. It just, I mean, he ain't going to do it out here. I have a lot of those. Ask my roommates. I have a lot. <laughs> ask some of my friends here. Ask Blaine. Ask Dale. Like, ask my roommates. Like, I have a lot of those. So you're comparing with, like, oh, my gosh, Paul is on that stage, and he's worshiping the Lord. He's wearing his cool hipster jean jacket with his glasses and his, you know, ankle-showing pants. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, like, it's in the quiet place. Like, Jake was talking to me last night. Isn't it crazy, this Dave and Goliath story? In the quiet place where no one saw him, he was taking down lions and bears with his hands because in the quiet place, that's where the real battles are won. That's where you are being built up. 
That's where you are laying a foundation. And for me, in my quiet place, for those six years, and I, I, remember, the, I remember some moments in those be- my bedroom when I was 16 years old, I'd be crying on the ground, like, and like my mom's probably like, with the, I'm, I have my door shut, and she's probably saying, is my son okay in there? Like, he's kind of weird. But I'm just like undone in the presence of the Father in my bedroom, and the Lord sees me. That's the craziest part. That is the craziest part. There's billions of people in this world, and yet he sees you, and he knows you through and through. And yeah, so that, that quiet place, guys, there is, there is no other thing that is more important. And um, Hope, can you come up, play some keys? I don't know what you had in mind, PC, but I kind of had something in mind, too. Um, and so... That quiet place, it's like, wow, Paul, like, you're t- just telling me again the quiet place, you're beating the dead horse, and you just keep saying it. How do I do that? And I'm going to give you some points for that. I love being applicable. Do you guys like being, anyone like being applicable? Maybe nobody. Okay. That's cool. You know, you guys, like, look at me right now like I'm worshiping on the stage. You know, sometimes when I'm up here, I'm like, I love feedback from people, like, lifting up their hands, dancing, and worshiping on the ground, crying. A lot of you guys are, like, sitting there like this. Wow, Paul is really bad. Did he just sing that? Ooh, Holy Spirit's coming now because no, it's dark and music is here. Holy Spirit doesn't come unless there's no music. I'm just playing. That's whack. But first application, read the word. You guys probably hate that. You guys probably hate me right now. That's probably one of my churchy answers from when I was growing up all the time. But that's the truest thing because I'll just spitting out stupid amounts of scripture. So was Jesus when he was attacked by the devil. Dude was starving 40 days. Devil comes on that day, and he's probably like, oh, my God. Like, he's like, make that stone into bread. Do it, bro. You're Jesus. You're the son of God. And Jesus is like, man does not live on bread alone. Number one, he said later, I am the bread. So shut your mouth, devil. I am their living bread. Isn't that crazy? Like, he said, I am the living bread. I can eat myself and I'm good. That's weird. Don't do that. You know, Jesus was probably like nibbling on himself, like his nails or something. Is that yeast? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the truth of God helped me in, my, in, my, in those crazy weird moments of like the devil coming at me you're the wrong person Paul you're the wrong person and I'm like no I'm not I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and his thoughts just like Mariah said last week are endless his thoughts of you are endless and very good second application find community they're like that's weird Paul how is my identity going to be found help in community. Well, when you walk with brothers and sisters who love you, they're going to help you and be accountable for you. I want to use Jesus because he was the perfect man that ever lived. Even he needed family. Even he needed community. We have this stupid, cheesy thing. It's not stupid, kind of sometimes. We have this cheesy thing where we say family on three. One, two, three, family. Alive is family. And that sounds so cheesy and it's cringy, but it's so real. Because that, in those moments, in those moments when you don't want to believe that, when, when you don't want to believe who you are in the Lord is good and you are fearfully and wonderfully made and a masterpiece, they speak life into you. 
because why? You're supposed to carry your own cross, but hey, Jesus needed help with his own cross. Read that in the Bible. Jesus needed help with his own cross, and we need to carry each other's crosses. We need to help each other and carry each other's burdens. It's, yeah, first commandment is love God. You can put at 1A, love your neighbor as yourself. So it's not just me carrying my own cross by myself, but it's me walking with you. And hey, you need help with your cross? I might carry it for you sometimes. Because it's not just me doing this, but we're doing it with the Father. And he overcomes. He's already overcome the world. So doing it with family. Find community. Be real and raw. Open up. Be vulnerable. Let your walls down. Let your walls down. And the, and the final thing I was like get ready to conclude and wrap up is being rooted in your true identity brings healing. Being rooted in your true identity is healing. Things that are not of the Father start to fall off and I'm going to close out with one last story. Um, yeah, um, you know, I graduated last May and um, you know, I graduated with only a 299 GPA, and you know, to a lot of people, to most people here at this very competitive, prestigious university, that's not very good. For someone who was on a pre-PT track, that's really actually awful. And for like the last three to four years, I would get really caught up in that. I'd be like, man, there's no future. My mom's saying like, go to grad school. It'll make you money. Out of a heart of loving me, like she wants me to be well off, but you know, all the anxiety of like, man, what does the future hold? What am I gonna do? Like, I, guys, I'm telling you right now, I don't know what I'm, gonna, what I'm gonna do next week. Like, I have no idea where life is taking me. And I remember like this position at Athletico came up over the summer and oh, I looked at it and I was like, oh snap, like, I, wanna, I wanna get it. That like, even, that's kind of close to my field. Even if I don't wanna do it, Maybe I can have something to fall back on on my resume. It looks good. And I remember applying for it. I remember, like, following up with them with emails and phone calls. And I'm just, like, the whole entire time, I'm like, yes, like, I can, like, talk to my mom about something instead of walking on an eggshell every time I call home once a week and not have to, like, talk and, like, talk about nothing new because I don't want to, like, disappoint her anymore. And while I was applying and following up, I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit so vividly in a few times. It was, Paul, do you want that for you or do you want that for something else? And I remember I got wrecked by that. I was like, because the whole entire time as I was walking on eggshells with my mom, talking to her, I felt like I can bring something of worth because right now I'm unworthy to talk to her. Right now she don't want to talk to me. When that is the biggest lie. That is the biggest lie, that you are not loved, a lie that you, you are unworthy. I'm going to tell you that right now. Maybe it's, oh, I don't look right. I need to lose weight. I need to gain weight. Maybe it's, I'm hurting myself because I'm going through this. Maybe it's, I'm not performing well those lies of that you are unworthy, that you are not loved, that you are unlovable are the biggest lies ever. As I was sitting here, the Holy Spirit showed me all these awesome memories of my mom, like I totally forgot about in the last few years. 
I remember she wrote a letter to me at a retreat that I went to when I was a senior in high school, and it said, Paul, all your tennis matches, all your basketball games, they just flew by. And I'm going to miss them, and I love those. She would come all the time. Like, when I made it to state senior year for tennis, and, like, it was after, like, the previous year after a disappointment of not making it, she was there when I was walking off the court. And I cried, and, like, I rejoiced. And the Holy Spirit is just showing me those memories. It's like, you are loved, Paul. Furiously. Like, insanely, recklessly loved. And so, yeah, um, I think we're going to maybe move into ministry time. But I just feel like, yeah, the, the biggest part about your identity, if you hear anything from me, and all the time I talk, I talk for a stupidly long time, sorry, is that you are loved. Turn to your neighbor and says, I am loved. Say, you are loved. You know, say it with me. I am loved. That is the biggest truth you'll ever hear. And yeah, maybe, maybe you have a lot of things maybe you don't feel love about. Maybe you're carrying shame and you don't want to come to the Lord because, well, you're not ready yet. Maybe when you're a better Christian one day, you'll come to heaven. Maybe when you're a better Christian, you'll go to church a little more often. Maybe when you're a better Christian, you'll start repenting finally. But let me tell you what. His kindness is what brings you to repentance. And I rebuke that shame. I rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus because I feel that right now in this room. And there is no room for that. There is no room. Like, like when you guys see that analogy with water and, like, there's, like, those, like, dark things in the water and, like, it's, like, it's like just pitch black water, what happens? You're just going to fill it up with more water. And as you keep filling it up, yeah, it's kind of still dark. It's kind of, the color is fading away. But as it overflows past the rim of the cup, as it overflows to way more, sooner or later, you see that glass clear. And that's what the love of God does. That's what the love of God does. Your, secu- your insecurities, your shame, your fear, your brokenness, your unworth, they start to just come out. They just start to fall off because there's just no place because you're locked on. Like Peter, when he was walking on water, when he was locked on to Jesus, he was walking on water. When he was looking at the rain, the ocean, the storms, when it was all coming over, that's when he fell. But then again, it's not, oh, I, I, I can't not look at Jesus and I can't look at the ocean or else he's going to forget me. No, you know what Jesus did right when he fell? Picked them up right there. Because that's him. Because he loves you furiously. And he will fight for you. He will fight for you. And um, ministry team, you can kind of split up right now um, to the sides. Um, get ready on your station. And I just feel like if you are someone that has anything, whether it's self-hurt, whether it's um, depression, anxiety, fear, shame, or whatever, and you know you need that freedom and that the love of God brings that freedom, you know, I want you to act in faith and just stand up. If you are standing, you can go ahead and you know, receive prayer in the sides in that act of faith. PC, you got something?
I can't believe this is the first time you did this. Yeah, first time ever. Y'all give it up for this man. This guy just killed it. Um, that was good. That was real, real good, bro. And, 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 and here's the deal. It was good because this guy has a vibrant secret place. He was just overflowing. And uh, a lot of things you struck just hit home with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And I'm really sensing Holy Spirit tugging at the hearts of men. For podcast's sake, here's what I want you to do. Pray it out. And then we're going to step into ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. And, yeah, God, I know we're in a service and it's supposed to be super formal and we're supposed to be done right now. God, would you do what only you can do? No matter how long it takes, no matter maybe it takes in this moment, maybe it takes a couple more years for people to walk through. But God, as long as it takes, God, may they know that they are loved, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that they are your masterpiece, and that they are very good, that I am very good, Father. And that's what you say, that you sing it over me. So, Lord, as we go, may we not forget that, that you love me. May we remember of what you have done on the cross just for me, just for you. So, Lord, as we depart tonight, be in our dreams. Be with us when we lay our heads. Be with us when we wake up in the morning and we rise. Maybe walk with you in this journey of faith, in this journey of life. So Lord, we thank you and we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.